Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I am so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And this particular episode is different because we are recording during the COVID-19 pandemic while physically distancing. So this means we're not in the same room and we're using Zoom instead of our regular professional audio equipment. So the, the audio quality might be different than what you're used to, but we are all just doing the best we can with what we have. And I am super duper excited about our guest here with us today. Khadija Spence, she, her pronouns, is an educator, nature lover, environmentalist, and creative being. She integrates her cultural and social identities into her research and studies to create welcoming and affirming educational spaces. The curriculum and programs she writes includes Jewish values, guidelines for inclusivity of LGBTQ plus and neurodiverse participants, and activities that cater towards uh, different differ intelligences. When she's not researching and teaching, she can be found by the Hudson River, which offers her a place to daydream, think, write, and decompress from the cares of life. Khadija, welcome. Hi. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm good. Awesome. Um, I'm really excited to talk about basically everything in your bio, uh, but we will get to that in a moment. Um, I had asked you to bring an item that reminds you of pride or that fills you with pride. Um, so I am wondering if you can share with us what you brought and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I recently had a like, piece of artwork made for me. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, the different like queer princess shields um, at the bottom. So there's one that says, um Sapic, there's one that says um demi there's one that says lesbian and then there's one that says queer which are like all the things that i identify as and then the middle row has a picture like a cartoon picture of me that says love yourself um and the uh, left side and the right side of it has a quote. Um, and that quote is, that quote says two things. Uh, one is from Maya Angelou, that's his rise up. Um, it's one of my like favorite poems to listen to, especially now where I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. And um, I just need that space to have, like, that sentiment of, like, we're, we're dealing with a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. um, but we're still going to rise. We're going to rise like the sun. We're going to rise like the moon. We're going to rise like the waves. Um, so that's the first quote. And then the second quote is from the movie Harriet, 
um, which I did not see, but I love the soundtrack for that movie. I mm. really, really, really love the soundtrack. Um, and so part of the soundtrack is the song called Stand Up. And it talks, it's basically talking about the first time that Harriet ran the Underground Railroad and how, like, she has to be alert at all times, but also caring to the people that she's traveling with and also protecting them. Um, and then the top of the painting is, um, is two characters that are queer and African-American. Um, one is from Black Lightning, uh, and the other character is from, um, oh no, why am I forgetting the cartoon now? Uh, oh, it's from She-Ra. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is my pride item, and I am so happy that it's in my room and, like, just something that I can look at. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, uh, you sent me a picture of it and it's really cool and we can we'll post it with the show notes oh please yeah um, and I'll send you uh I'm finally finally all settled in um and I'll send you uh the name of the person that made it uh oh, that's great yeah that's great tag her. um yeah but I yeah I was very 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 excited to uh to to have that picture done for me yeah so did you give the artist exactly what you wanted or did you just say the ideas and then the artist came up with it or how did that how did that kind of come together um so I at first I was like well maybe I want an abstract um and then I was like no actually I want it to be exactly what it says so that you Mm. can look at it and not have to guess like oh what is this symbol mean or like what do these colors mean um yeah so I gave her the the cartoon characters that I wanted and then one of the images was from Bitmoji so like Mm -hmm. that was automatically a cartoon image of me Mm -hmm. um yeah I basically was like here's the elements put them together um yeah I love that. That's really cool. Um, so I, I didn't bring something physical, but I was thinking about what, what brings me pride. And for some reason, um, the song, um, all the things she said popped into my head. (laughs) Um, do you know that song? It's by Tattoo. It is, it's from like, I guess it's like the early 2000s if I have to put a time on it. Um, but it just reminds me a lot of, um, it came out and it's, you know, two, two women in love and kind of, I don't remember exactly the exact premise of the music video, but I think it was not fully welcomed, but it was like they're, they were in love with each other. Um, and it just reminds me of what I felt when I was in high school in the closet and then how far I've come since then. Um, and so that kind of just brings me some pride of thinking about the journey of where we all begin and where we are now and then where we are to go. So that, that was what I brought. <laughs> awesome. uh, thank you. 
so I would love for you to share with us a story that's meaningful to you and that has informed your identity in some way. Yeah. So when I first like, uh, like heard about the premise of the podcast, I was like, ooh, uh, like, I don't know, I've been on a journey, but the highlight of it really was when I went to Israel. So like, as a Jewish person of color, like, I wanted my trip to Israel to be meaningful, but not to the point where I just felt rushed. Like, okay, we're here for 10 days if you're like going on uh, one of the birthright trips, like I wanted it to be meaningful. So I sought out uh, internship program instead where I could travel on the weekends um, and go to like the different holy sites, go to the different national sites. Um, and so while I was planning out this trip and like which program to apply to, um, I just had a thought. I was like, I'm going to be in Israel for two months. And, like, I want a summer romance. Mm. And it's it's going to be with a woman. Like, it's going to be with a woman. And I put that out there. And I, like, told my friends um, and uh, my really close friend uh, while I was in, in graduate school um, at Bard was, like, wow, like, that's so specific and so determined and I was like, yeah, but why not? Like, why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I put that intention out there in the universe. Um, and it was just something that I was excited, whether it was going to happen, whether it wasn't going to happen. I was just like, this is this is the moment for me to, like, just come into my queer identity. Mm-hmm. And and this will be a time for me to like do it without any pressure or worry because like I'm gonna be in a country where I don't I don't have family in Israel and I like don't know anyone there. So like it's it's gonna be total freedom. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I got there um and a couple days, like, into the internship program, uh, we were all STEM majors, which is science, uh, technology, engineering, and math. Um, so we were all part of that that studies group. Um, and I started hanging out with uh, one of the female students on the trip and I was like oh I really like her um and then she told me she had an Israeli girlfriend Mm. and I was very bummed out (laughs) I was very bummed out um because I was like oh man but why (laughs) right (laughs) um like she had been there before on on birthright uh so uh, like, she was already there, um, in Israel, so, like, that's how she had met her, her girlfriend, um, and I was just, like, okay, well, that's not gonna happen, but it's fine, because, like, 
at least I like her. I get to hang out with her. Like this is the this is as good as it's gonna get. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like freeing to have that feeling without worrying about like <sighs> having to come out to someone else. Like it was just for it was just an experience for me, mm-hmm. um, which I I feel like when I think about like queer movies, like that storyline doesn't really happen often I always feel like that the person that they're portraying is coming out to someone else or like transitioning or like making another life change like they're not coming out to themselves and so that's why I like chose this story because like I was just coming out to myself and it was a it was a time for me to just like be in my queer identity without having to share it with anyone else um mm-hmm. yeah so um, her and I went to the beach together on weekends, which was super nice. Um, there's a bus called like the Yam Bus and it'll take you from the Ben Gurion University to the beach and back for like one fee. And we were like, this is great. Um, and so, uh weeks go by and I realized that she's like broken out with her girlfriend and she's hanging out with me more I'm like Ooh, yay <laughs> but also still like conscientious of the fact that like she just broke out with her girlfriend like this is still a sad moment yeah uh, um, and so I was like, hey, do you want to, like, come to this, like, festival? So in, we were in Beersheba, and in Beersheba, there's a lot of little festivals that happen on the weekend. I was like, do you want to come to this festival? So we went to this, we had missed all the bar hopping, but we just decided to, like, stick to one bar, but, like, try the different beers that they were offering um, for, for that weekend. And... uh like, and it was all cute, like, she was taking pictures of me, which I was like, okay, this is weird, but, like, it's fine, <laughs> um, and then she, like, texted me the picture, and was like, this is such a cute, like, side profile of you, and I was like, oh, <laughs> um, and, um, and, yeah, so we were in the elevator, uh, going, like, I lived on, I lived on, like, the bottom floor, and then she lived on a little bit further up to the top of the building, um, and she's, like, do you want to come back to my room and hang out, and I was, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. um, and in the elevator, she was gonna kiss me, but then this other guy, like, this other person walked onto the <laughs> and like just like we're just like okay well I guess that's not happening now <laughs> um and yeah so we're just waiting for this guy to get off the elevator and like she like I had said she lived at the top of the building so it was just like we we're going through all these floors trying to figure out which floor this guy is getting off that Mm-hmm. And so he finally got off the elevator and she pulled me in and kissed me. And in my brain, I was just like, whoa, 
Um, but not because I had like liked her and like had already set that intention to have like a summer romance with a woman, but because I had never kissed a girl before. And that to me was like so exciting and cool. Um, and like, so the rest of the night, we like watched a movie and then we made out. And then other things happened. Mm. <laughs> um, and it was great. And then when I woke up the next morning, I freaked out because one, I had never had a one night stand. And two, I just like all of these wonderful lesbian things happened in one day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that was a lot to process. Um, and so it was, it was literally just that. It was a one night stand and then hanging out at the beach until it was time for our program to end and for us to, to go back to our respective states um, in the United States. And so when I came back to the US, I was like, okay, like, is that it? Like, are you just a lesbian for one day and then it's gone? Like, is that, is that what happened? So I came back to New York and then I had to figure out where the rest of my queer journey was going to take me. Um, and so once again, I set my intentions out into the, into the universe. And I was like, I would really love a queer Jewish space because this happened in Israel and like, Israel supposed to, Israel is the, like, holy land for the Jewish people, and when Jewish people go there, like, they have this religious experience, or, like, sometimes they feel closer to their culture, and I'm just like, no, like, I just want to find other Jewish people who are gay, so I can just tell this story to, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I want to find. <laughs> Um, so I was looking for, like, a Shabbat dinner to go to just to, like, connect with um, other young Jewish people. And so someone told me about One Table, um, which is an organization and a website where you can find uh, different Shabbat dim dinners and sometimes they have events for the Jewish holidays, but it's mainly for Shabbat dinners. Um, and I went on there and literally the first thing that popped up for something that's happening in New York City is uh, the Sephardic Mizrahi Queer Network, which the abbreviation for is SMQN, uh, Shabbat Dinner. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not Mizrahi or Sephardic, but like, like, you know, I know that my, like, background is in the Caribbean and, and like, that African-American history. So, like, I reached out to the person. I was like, hey, I'm not culturally, like, a part of this specific group. And, he, and uh, the person running the Shabbat dinner was like, uh, that's fine. Like, that's totally fine. As long as you, like, Feel like this is a space that you want to be in um 
and the person passed on more information to me about it and I was like yeah like yeah I definitely want to come to a Shabbat dinner um and so uh he and I connected while at the Shabbat dinner and he introduced me to a couple of people who were like regulars to the Shabbat group um and it was really really nice and I felt like this is how I continue this like wonderful queer moment and also be in a space where I'm around other Jews of color I'm around other Jewish people and I'm around other queer people so I'm not necessarily uh having to like only show up in a space and have this one part of me but like I can show up and be all of me in this space but it doesn't necessarily have to be like only those parts of me um which was really unique and wonderful um and something I miss uh because of social distancing and because of quarantine, like it's definitely something that I miss because I got I've gotten so used to it that like twice a month this was gonna be the thing that I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um and so that yeah, so that became a really big part of of the beginning of my queer journey. And then like also just getting comfortable being around other queer people, which was different for me too. Like I am the only one out of my friends who is gay or any or part of the LGBTQ plus community altogether. Um, yeah, so just like being in that community and that comfortness um, really opened up a space for me to like want to make a dating profile, wanting to go on dates, and then having other people to share that experience with that weren't necessarily friends or, like, acquaintances, but just people who would, like, understand. Uh, yeah, so that is that is the beginning of my wonderful queer journey, and thank you so much for holding space for, for me to be able to share that story. Of course. Thank you so much for sharing. Um a lot of really fun moments that I want to ask you about, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I think, I mean, just so many, I'm looking back at my notes. Um, I just, I guess I want to know, first of all, I love the idea of manifesting. I want a summer romance and it's going to be with a woman. Just, you know, I, I, for the first time ever made a vision board this year and it has three things on it. And I stuck it up on my wall in my room, in my bedroom, and two of the three things already manifested. Like, it just is like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it's wild. So had you manifested things before and you're like, this is going to work? Or was this more of just like a declaration of, I want this thing, and then it happened and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this again then, because <laughs> it worked. <laughs> um, yeah, so yes, I do have a, I call them my uh to-do list for uh, and because like I'm still a student and like still in student mode I I call them my semester to-do list Mm -hmm. 
Um, and they're not necessarily like homework lists, they're just things I want to do. Um, so the first time I made the list, I had things like go to the circus, go apple picking. Um, what else was on there? Uh, at the time, I wasn't really cooking, so I was like, make sure I cook and like eat. Um, so I had like things on there that I needed to do every day, and then things on there that I wanted to do for the semester. Um, so yeah, I have had like those lists going for a while, but I think this was the first time where I was like, this is important to me, so I'm going to just like say it and tell my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what, what was your friend, what were your friend's reactions to, to you telling them that? Um, they weren't too surprised because I feel like when it comes to my best friends, like her and I have had the conversation of like, if we were both gay, we would date each other. Mm. So like, it was very easy for me to tell her that she was like, oh, okay. Like. <laughs> Um, and then for my college roommate, uh, it's, it's something that her and I have talked about, um, because she was like, you've never, like, the first, uh, couple of times, like, her and I have, like, had, like, deep conversations, she was like, you've never really dated anyone, and I was like, no, no, yeah, no, um, and for a really long time, I was just like, well, maybe I'm not interested in anyone. In anyone. And I didn't, I didn't know the term asexual at that time, but I was just like, maybe I'm just not interested. Because um, she would always be like, oh, don't you want to, like, have the room for, like, a couple hours to, like, have time with someone? And I was just like, no. Like, mm-hmm. why do I need that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like it's something that I've, like, my friends and I have definitely had conversations about or, like, hinted at. Uh, yeah, so it was a really smooth, just, like, okay, but also, like, that, uh, what is it, that, uh, that, like, directness. I think they were more surprised about the directness than the actual statement. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like lots of people, I feel like so many people are not direct because it's hard to be direct because I I think it puts one in a more vulnerable position depending on what we're being direct about. So that that makes total sense that that was the thing that took them (laughs) took them by surprise versus the content of the directness. (laughs) Um, Well, that's good that it was met so lovingly. That's nice. Um, <clears throat> so I also wanted, I want to know, like, so you have this, like, crush, and it you're spending time with her while she's with this other person, um, and then it ends up working out in your favor. But, like, I want to know, like, what are you thinking? Like, just, like, Hanging out, I know for me, I somehow find myself in these patterns of spending time with people who are unavailable to me, but like just loving it, but then also hating it simultaneously. So I'm just wanting to know, like, what were you feeling in those moments when she was with 
her partner? And then what were you thinking when they broke up and then still spending time? I just want to know like the, what you were feeling in all of that. Yeah. Um, I was definitely like a little sad when she would like talk about her girlfriend and mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriend. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then also, I was just, like, happy to just, like, feel those, like, gay feelings, like, for lack of, like, yeah, yeah, I was just happy to feel those gay feelings, like, that's, yeah, that's, like, um, and I was also happy that, like, she was also gay mm-hmm. because like that would have been way more awkward had or like also gay and interested yeah. like yeah so like having both but I feel like it would have been even more awkward had she just been straight and then I would like that's just awkward <laughs> like um and like um and it's not like she was the only person I was hanging out with uh, that was on the trip that was a female. Um, but yeah, I no, I guess it was the manifestation um, of like such a direct statement. Um, and then also, I I was I was feeling like. I was feeling like I wanted to go on a date. Like, after I realized, okay, like, I am happy to be feeling these gay feelings, then I was like, actually, when I, like, go back home to New York, I, I like, want to go on a date, like, mm-hmm. with a woman. Um, yeah, yeah, I was just happy to be feeling the gay feelings like I don't know there's no other way for me to say it (laughs) yeah well that's huge and important to recognize that I I wonder if um because you had mentioned earlier the idea of um like not being interested any in anyone and like not knowing the term for that um if there was like a, a conscious moment shift of it's not that it's just, I'm actually gay and I haven't had that experience yet. And so I didn't know what I was, you know, quote unquote, I'm just, now I'm putting words in your mouth, but like, you know what I mean? But like that, that moment. I feel like I'm not going to answer your question and I feel like I am going to answer your question. So I'm just going to say it. Great. Um, so currently I identify as demisexual, which is like on the asexuality spectrum. Like I will, Like, I do have sexual feelings and, like, feel like sometimes I need to express those sexual feelings. Um, But for me, it's still not a necessity. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like that hasn't really changed when it comes to thinking about sex. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as dating, yeah, I was very confused as to why I wasn't dating anyone. Um but now I know why so yeah yeah so so yes and no um to that question so definitely on the 
dating side, I was like, huh, why don't I feel like I want to date anyone? Um, but the feelings of like, oh, yeah, I don't really need to have sex or like have sexual feelings or like express them like that is definitely still the same. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that and for lifting up the difference between romantic feelings and sexual feelings. Because I think a, in a lot of my experience, people don't realize, and even in, in how I asked the question, I didn't ask it in, the, in a way that made sense for your experience. So it's important that we keep talking about it, um, that they are different and that, you know, people can identify in a lot of different ways and different combinations of ways that we feel and just, and and with all of that said, it's also moment to moment. So like we can say something is true for us and then in the next moment it becomes null and then in the next moment it's true again. Um, so I like, I like that openness and I also just really appreciate you naming the difference between the two. Um, so I want to, um, I want to talk about, um, I, I don't know, I don't know if you know where I work or what I do. Do you know where um, I work? <laughs> a little bit. I know that you, uh, you know, I'm not like quizzing you. You, <laughs> yeah. that you do other media related things. That, that's true. But my, my, um, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Um, my day job is working at Keshet. I'm not sure if you know what Keshet is. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, um, for folks who don't know what it is, it's a national organization that works with Jewish institutions on LGBTQ inclusion. So like my day, my, all I do all day, which is the dream for me is working with Jewish institutions on making more welcoming spaces for LGBTQ people. Um, Cause I never had that growing up having like affirming welcoming spaces where I felt like I belonged. So um I guess I, I guess so I want to like shift a little bit and talk about your Jewish identity and how you um, I guess how 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 if at all your Jewish identity intersects with your queer identity and how they don't intersect and have you found like that's I, you know what I'll stop there because that's already a very big question. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a great question. So. Um, I'm, I'm pretty settled in my new Jewish identity right now, which means, um, after I had my trip to Israel, after I had my first lesbian experience, after all of those things happened, mm -hmm. and after finding, um, SMQN and that like queer Jewish space and also not only a queer Jewish space but also seeing people of color people of different shades um people with different cultural backgrounds and accents just like that beautiful mix after mm -hmm. finding that I couldn't stay at my old place of worship um, I was like, I, I have to go. Um, and so I didn't, I never really told my mom why I left. I just told her that, like, I'm looking for something different. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so the, 
wow, it's been like two and a half, almost two and a half years now um, since I've left my old congregation um, that I really just started to like shop around like for for places um to observe the the Jewish holidays so I did something at lab shul I did something at uh oh no why am I forgetting um Okay, it's known as the Queer Synagogue. CBST. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, And I also found a place at Hebrew Tabernacle, which is in Washington Heights. Um, And I found it a lot easier for me to branch out after my mom also left the old synagogue. Mm. Um, I I actually don't, I don't really know why she left, but for the fact that she left made it a lot more easier Mm -hmm. for me to not have to explain to her why I left. um, Because I knew that coming out to her was going to be difficult and hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So her and I just started to go to different places together and then also separately. Um, and so, I don't know, I'm, I'm just like okay with that. Like I'm just okay with going to different places and logging in to different services, um, especially because it was very weird doing the High Holy Days on Zoom this Mm -hmm. year. Um, And as much as I had, like, every intention to, I just, like, couldn't. I was like, this is just weird. Um, And so I just opted out for, like, either watching Netflix or, like, going for a walk or, like, just listening to Hebrew music on my iPod. Um, and just kind of like finding my own solace that wasn't looking at a screen and like watching people sing. Um, but outside of that scope, um, I was definitely enjoying going to Shabbat morning and Shabbat evening services, um, at different synagogues in the city. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't uh, have a specific sect of Judaism that I'm like, okay, yes, this is what I am. Um, I'm just comfortable with saying that I'm like Jewish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and how? Um, so I want to I want to just backtrack a, a little bit and want to know more, and unless you don't want to share about um, like how your Jewish and queer identities intersect with each other. Oh, yeah. If, if they do. Um, that's a great question. I feel like they, I don't know, I feel like they don't really intersect. Like, they're just both there side by side right mm-hmm. now, um, kind of doing their own thing. Um, but I definitely look for places that 
are more on the reform or reconstructionist side mm-hmm. um, and that I feel like has less to do with like queer identity and more to do with the fact that I'm a person of color mm-hmm. um, and just like want to be comfortable in in that like you you can't look at someone and see that they're queer, but you can clearly look at someone and see that they're of a different skin color. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's more important to me when thinking about where I'm going to be for Jewish services. Yeah. How have you, have you found, how have you found being a Jew of color going into different Jewish spaces, especially because it sounds like you do try to like go to lots of different spaces to kind of get a feel for them. Um, I, I don't know, like, I guess I don't know like the exact right way to ask it, but you know, what, it, what has been your experience? I know in, a, in the work that I do with Kesha, some of the stories that I'm told, it's not necessarily always a positive experience for Jews of color. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what your experience has been. Yeah. So, um, I've definitely gone to places where I just like I had to walk out and it was very weird and like I'm glad most of the time that I went to those places I wasn't with my mom because like this just like it was I felt embarrassed I was like this is supposed to be a Jewish space and uh uh like I don't speak Hebrew but I don't I don't necessarily feel like it's a barrier as long as I can get a Sidor that has like some form of English. Like even if you only translated the first two sentences of of every page, um, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. But I've mm-hmm. definitely gone into synagogues where the Sidors are all in English, but then they're all speaking in Hebrew and it's just like, this is weird. And then I can't follow along and then I definitely feel like people are staring at me or like trying to help me, being extra helpful. And I'm like, no, 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 please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> please don't be extra helpful. Like, if I can't figure it out on my own, then I like kind of don't need to be here. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and then I've had it on the other end where like I know a couple of the like nigumim, which are like little songs as I describe them, mm-hmm. um, and people are like, wow, like, you know, so I just want to, at least for me, it's less about being queer in a Jewish space, like I said before, because I mm-hmm. feel like there's a lot of organizations and activists that are working on that really, really hard, um, and, like, I've seen the progress. Mm. Um, so I want to, I want to just make myself known in these spaces so that other people can make, have the, have the courage and comfort to make themselves known in Jewish spaces, um, who are also Jews of color, um, cause that's something I feel like Judaism, we, we need to work on a little bit. Yeah. Um, and being accepting of not like being like, oh, you don't know this or oh, you know that. Um, <laughs> like not being surprised at people's level of, of knowledge. Um, because at the end of the day, I have been to synagogues 
where it's mostly in Hebrew. I kind of know what they're saying, but, like, I had a great time. Um, and I had definitely gone back, um, you know. So it's all about the atmosphere that you create. Um, and it's hard to say. It's hard to stay welcoming and then go into a space where it's just like, oh, we need for some mm-hmm. and not yeah. for all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really tough. Um, I struggle with that a lot as it's like holding, this is my job as a professional and also a queer Jew trying to just navigate what it's like to be in Jewish spaces as a queer person, as a trans person. Um, and it's always so disappointing when, when Jewish institutions say like, we're a welcoming space, all are welcome. And then I go in and I'm misgendered and I'm, you know, language is not welcoming and Uh rabbis or, you know, cantors or whoever, uh, say things that are hurtful. And it's like, wait a second, that's not what you said. This was going to (laughs) be, it's really Uh disappointing. Um, so I'm curious about, um, in your bio, you talk about you, that you write curriculum and you write programming, um, which includes Jewish values. And I would love to know which Jewish values you like speak the most to you and how you kind of integrate that into your work. Yeah. So a lot of it is, uh, working with Jewish teens. Um, which I did for probably a year and a half and am currently taking like a break from it um, just so that I can continue in Jewish studies um, and get a certificate in uh, social justice and ethics um, so that I can continue to, to have that knowledge to, to integrate into the lessons or programs that I'm doing. Um, So yeah, during that year and a half, I worked with Jewish teens. And um, once again, like taking all of these components and trying to put it into one, uh, which is like, I don't know, it's my favorite thing to do. It is it is super challenging. um, But it's, it's my favorite thing to do. And so all of the programs are environmental centered, um, which means either it's talking about local geography or the geography of the county altogether, which like at the time I had lived in Westchester County, um, which is in New York. And uh, thinking about like how we care for the earth, not only as scientists or human beings or activists but like what does Jewish text what does the Torah say about caring for the earth and like how we should do it um so a lot of what I do is taking the Jewish value of um kindness being a keeper of the earth uh justice and uh, and not wasting. Um, so those four values and integrating it into a community service project around the environment. Um, 
so not only am I getting the teens engaged, but most of the time they're kind of in their own little Jewish bubble. And like, it's good for them to not be in their own little Jewish bubble. Um, so getting them to go to different preserves that are outside of their community um, to um, to have that experience of we're going to get into the dirt and we're going to talk about the dirt. And we're going to, you're going to, like, put on gloves. You're going to get a shovel. <laughs> Which, like, mm-hmm. some of them have never done. And it's, like, a little concerning yeah. um, that, you know, they're almost 16 and they've never worked the earth. Um, or, or talk about the, like, community of bugs that, that live in the soil and like how we should be kind to the soil because those critters that live in there are essentially making these proteins and nutrients and sometimes even eating the fungus off the plants so that we can get our food. Um, And how that's all a part of being a keeper of the earth, being part of this justice system where it's like, we should keep all of our waterways clean. And when we don't, there are people who suffer more than others from not having clean water, from not having food because there is no water to, to do agriculture, um, to care for the agriculture system. Um, like, so just getting all of that knowledge out there to these teens so that they know like this is what's going on in our world Mm -hmm. Um, and so one time I hosted a Shabbat dinner that was about environmental justice and thinking about like here's what's going on in our world Flint still doesn't have clean water they're still drinking out of bottled water um and fighting for new piping systems in their schools and in their government buildings. Like, this is still going on. Um, yeah, and just bringing that reality closer to them and being like, you have privilege, so use it to do something good. Like, we're not, I'm not here to shame y'all for having being born in a privileged system. Mm-hmm. I'm here to teach you how to use that to to even out the playing field for other people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just to like see, hear them that like, oh, this is hard work, and I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, it is. Like, thank you. Like, this is what I want to hear. Yeah. Um, like, this makes sense. Um, yeah, so just to, just to make sure that they know that this is, this is hard work, um, and you don't have to do all of it, but, like, some of it you can do, Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's as small as cleaning a, a community garden in a different area. And 
just like clearing out that brush and aerating the soil like let's let's get in the dirt <laughs> like yeah do the hard work both physically and mentally um but then also let's rest and eat snacks because that's also important yeah for sure um you know and just like teaching them those values and so like this is why I'm motivated to to get this certificate in the ethics and, and social justice um, from JTS which is what I'm working on now so that I can even further know how to integrate these values into programs for adults and families um, yeah that's amazing. Um, just for folks who are listening who might not know what JTS is, uh, do you mind saying what, what JTS is? Uh, yeah, so it's the Jewish uh, Theological Seminary, and they're based in New York City, and they, the institution does programs uh, from anywhere from rabbinical school to um, cantorial school that might not be a word but like being <laughs> that's <a> right <laughs> um to also uh pastoral care which is uh taking care of someone who's sick uh but in a spiritual way um like being their spiritual guide um and also yeah they just do a bunch of different programs that are related to um, how to be a spiritual guide um, in Judaism. Amazing. Um, and I love that you're taking such direct action to, to level the playing field and to also, I think it's such an important conversation, especially to have with teens, our future leaders of how, like you said it so perfectly, of not shaming them about the privilege they have, but teaching them how to use it to level the playing field is so important. Because I find, um, and and in such a like connected way, um, versus what I find with a lot of people of like an older generation, maybe like our generation and the ones above, I would say of at least in my experience has been kind of this disconnect between who they are and who they're trying to help. And it's like, like, a, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, this is like the, the mindset is this actually has nothing to do with me, but because I have money, I'll just throw it at you and I'll feel good about myself and be mm-hmm. done with it. versus like digging and, you know, being part of digging, meaning like in the garden metaphor of like actually being part of the work that has to be done to create equity in communities. Um, so I, I love that you do that or that you had done that with teens. Um, are you still there? Your video is frozen. Um, yes, I am still here. Can okay, you great. Still my audio? Okay, okay. Yeah. amazing. Um, so I don't want to do this, but I have to for time purposes is to move us into our last segment, um, which is just a very fun, silly, kind of like quick rapid fire questioning. Um, so yeah, just, yeah. just say the first thing that comes to mind, there are no right or wrong answers except one, but it's all really just for, for fun and jokes. Um, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Pencil or pen? Pencil. Acting or singing? 
Neither. Okay. Dogs or cats? Both. Okay. Beach or mountains? Also both. Yeah. Meat or veggies? Meat. Bagels or donuts? Donuts. Oh, man. Bagels was the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Donuts are great, but bagels are also great. <laughs> um, train or plane? Plane. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Coke or Pepsi? Neither. Ginger ale. Nice. Uh, night or day? Mm. Afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then favorite kitchen item? Oh, that has to be the mixer. Not the like, electronic mixer, but like the little whisk. Oh. Yes. Do you bake? Yes, I do like to bake. Um, I like to bake apple pie, lemon bars. I like to make jam a lot, which is what the whisk is for. Cool. To like mix up the fruit so it's not super chunky. Um, yeah. 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 Awesome. Uh, well, Khadija, thank you so much for spending some time with us and for sharing. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You For Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.